why was I being matched to this family friend? Like, could he really be my father instead of my dad? Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 125. If you are listening in the present time, you will have probably heard about Netflix's release of the documentary, Our Father. Everyone is talking about this in the NPE forums. If you happen to be on any of those, you will have seen people posting about this uh, documentary. I have been watching it in bits and pieces. I can only seem to watch about 10 or 15 minutes at a time, but it is chilling. It is an amazing documentary about a fertility doctor based out of Indiana, Dr. Donald Klein. I won't give away too much of this story because I bet some of you have this documentary in your Netflix queue and you haven't yet watched it. So I won't give away any of this story, but Dr. Donald Klein was a fertility doctor who used his own sperm to, without consent, impregnate many women, dozens upon dozens of women with his own sperm. And he has many, many children out there. It is um, a really sad, upsetting story. And I'm just so proud of Jacoba Ballard for working so hard on this documentary and bringing it out, bringing the truth and getting a little bit of justice to her, I guess it's her biological father and what he's done in creating so many children without consent from people that were his patients that, that trusted him. So if you've seen this documentary, you know what I'm talking about. I'm currently watching it and I really need to finish it tonight. And that is Our Father, and it is currently available on Netflix. And on this podcast, we listen to NPEs share their story of misattributed parentage. And today I am speaking with Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lily. Thank you very much for allowing me the space to share my NPE story. Oh, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for your patience and for waiting. I know it's been probably over six months, and I'm I'm really I'm really glad we get to listen to your story today. Well, thank you. And I've listened to all of your episodes, and they've been so comforting to me. Um, the feelings shared by your other guests have helped validate my feelings and what I was going through. Um, it's really been a vital part of my healing, and I'm truly thankful for this support. Mm. So this is my first step to sharing my story in a more public forum, um, because I just cannot remain a skeleton in my closet or in my family's closet any longer. 
Um, so I hope to eventually celebrate NPE Awareness Month next month in June um, and tell others about my experience. I want to make a difference and help others in the same way that I was helped. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you for reminding me about NPE Awareness Month coming up in June. I that That's actually great that you reminded me of that. Miss Lauren, whenever you're ready, why don't you go ahead and share from the beginning and and I'm just going to listen today. All right. Well, I'll get started with my family of origin. I am the oldest of four children. My parents were married in the early 70s and as it was told to me, I was conceived on their romantic European vacation um, in the summer of 75, so a few years later. Um, I was born the following June. I remember my mom saying that her pregnancy was a tough pregnancy because I was three weeks late. And I don't know why I never thought to question this. A baby born three weeks late doesn't usually weigh seven pounds. Um, but nevertheless, I never thought anything of it. Um, you know, why would I? Um, I had no reason to question it. Um, my brothers and my sister came in the years that followed. Um, they were all pretty active and even quite challenging for their teachers in school. I remember comments being made to me like, you're nothing like your siblings. And I believe they heard comments like, how are you related to your sister? With just general disbelief. I remember being quite upset about that and the, the comments that we would get because I loved my siblings and I was protective of them. And sure, they drove me crazy half the time and we would fight now and then. But I didn't really question um, being different from my siblings because that happens in families uh, between appearances or behavior. So I really didn't um, question it. So those early years, I have fond memories, um, especially with my dad. Um, we would go out fishing on his boat, and sometimes he would take all of the kids or sometimes just me. Um, but those were peaceful times on the water, fishing, um, tanning, and sometimes I would jump in to swim on occasion. Um, and as I got into high school, I started feeling out of place in my family. I could never quite put my finger on it. I wasn't really close with my mom, like some of my friends were with their moms. I was close with my dad, though. We had many similar interests and usually saw eye to eye on things. It wasn't until I went away to college that the feeling of being an outsider in my family really became more evident to me. Girls in the dorm often received care packages from their families and visits to take them out to dinner. And I don't recall getting very many, if any. And I didn't want to be ungrateful, so I never said anything. But it was something I noticed. Um, I just shrugged my shoulders and chalked it up to being the oldest of four. And perhaps with one fewer child around, my parents were able to focus on their other three. So in those years that followed, um, a few events became etched in my mind. Um, one was where I remember catching my mom withholding information about mischief one of my brothers got into. And I felt so shocked that she was going to essentially lie to me um, and, and not 
tell me that information. I just felt outside of her circle of trust. Like in the movie Meet the Fockers, where Greg Fokker is not in the circle of trust, but tries desperately to become in that mm-hmm. circle of trust. Um, and, and other times, um, what I recall is just being teased for being perfect and goody two shoes. And it just further fostered this divide I was feeling within my own family. And again, nothing I really questioned directly as I couldn't put my finger on the source of those feelings. And I just figured it was the way things were in our family. So moving on to how I found out I was an NPE. So my dad and I had talked about doing Ancestry DNA for several years. My paternal grandfather, his his father, had always told us how we were related to one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Um, and he always told that story with such pride. Um, though I did secretly wonder if there was any truth to it. And we lost him several years ago, but you know, ancestry DNA started becoming more popular and advertising about finding out about family history. So we thought there was a chance to see if um, my grandpa was correct. Um, so for Christmas 2019, we were gifted Ancestry DNA kits since they were on sale for $50 each. And I've since joked that it's the $50 home wrecker edition that, that we got. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yep. so when my dad opened up his kit on Christmas, my mom did act a little strange. Um, I saw a skeptical look on her face, and I heard her saying something like, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. Um, So it made me excited. Um, I kind of had that feeling like, wow, like, could I find um, an unknown sister or brother out there? And I I was truly excited to, to have that opportunity. My dad spit in the tube and sent the kit in right away after Christmas. Um, he was excited to start his online profile at the the website, and it also gave updates on the status of your your DNA results. And my husband and I also got kits. We sent ours in, though, about a few weeks later, um, and we set up our online profiles as well. I started also setting up my family tree on the Ancestry website, um, and I was getting excited to see the updates on the status of my results. And when my dad's results arrived, he sent us all the screenshots of the the ancestry breakdown. And it was really neat to see the percentages of the countries his ancestors came from. Um, He saw no surprises, but no clear way to tell if we were related to that signer of the Declaration of Independence. So we're going to have to figure out some more time on researching that and and probably look into the paid version, uh, which we weren't ready to splurge for yet. Um, So a few weeks later, my husband received his results on a Saturday in February. Um, No surprises for his, um, except that mine didn't arrive that day. And we had sent them in on the same day. Um, Mine didn't arrive the next day either, or the day after that. And believe it or not, I started joking with my husband about why mine could be taking longer than his. And I actually said something like, wait, what if they're double checking my results because they don't match what's in my family tree I just built on their website? Like, what if they found out my dad's not really my dad? 
and we laughed and laughed. Um, I didn't think anything of it at that time. But the following day, Tuesday, February 18th, 2020, at 11 o'clock in the morning, forever etched in my mind, I received the text alert on my phone that my ancestry DNA results were in. Of course, I didn't know what I was about to receive. So in haste, I, I click on it just as my mom is pulling into our driveway to take my children to the local trampoline park. And maybe fortunately, I'm not familiar with the app at that point, um, but I did find the match section pretty quickly and see that my top match was, as expected, a parent-child match. But the initial didn't match my dad. Um, and I thought it was an odd way to show his initials with the letter of his first name listed second and the last letter of his last name listed first. Like, for example, Tom Brady's initials would, in this way, would have been listed as YB. So I shrugged my shoulders and had a feeling I shouldn't turn to my mom and ask her what that meant. Um, and the kids left with my mom, and I turned back to my ancestry DNA results to look more closely. And in those couple minutes, I sent my husband a screenshot and said, I'm starting to freak out. What does this mean? Because I still hadn't quite figured out what YB meant. And then I click on the match and it pops up with more details. And in those details, I see a name I recognize. So the manager of that um, match is the wife of a family friend. And it all becomes painfully clear. I can hardly put into words the mix of emotions I started feeling. As I started shaking and fumble with my phone to try to call my husband at work, um, I believe I left a jumbled message for him to call back. And I'm starting to cry alone in my car because I was supposed to be running errands while my mom had my kids and I hadn't even left my driveway. So I'm looking desperately through the Ancestry DNA app to make sense of stuff that made zero sense to me. Like, why was I being matched to this family friend? Like, could he really be my father instead of my dad? So I call my sister since my husband hadn't called back right away. Uh, he was at work. Um, I'm not really remembering all that I said to my sister except what my results were showing that YB is listed as my father instead of my dad. And then flashbacks of memories I have of this family friend start coming to me. I've known him for years. Um, and then memories of my mom and how she had acted after we opened our ancestry gifts at Christmas, um, saying that she didn't believe in that stuff and and then I'm remembering how I just joked about my results being late because they were double checking to make sure my, um, just to see my results that they didn't match on my family tree and make sure that they had everything right. And I just, I felt so stupid, so confused and completely unsure how to deal with this bomb, essentially bomb that just blew up my world. And while talking with my sister, um, who seemed equally as shocked and confused, 
uh, my husband called back and I had to go through it all over again. But this time I think I, I, I started trying to find reasonable explanations. Like I just couldn't believe that that was actually true. Like I, I got myself thinking that maybe my dad couldn't have children and, and why be volunteered. Um, and that maybe that's perhaps why like we all look so differently. Maybe we actually all have different fathers and uh, maybe there's like a perfectly reasonable explanation for it, except nothing seemed to make sense except that it just had to be all wrong. It felt all wrong. And I'm, you know, in the car in my driveway and I had an appointment for an oil change um, for my car and I, I, I still go. Um, I don't know how I kept my composure, um, you know, turning over my keys and waiting in the, the waiting room while my car is, is being detailed. And I guess maybe it was the, the shock um, that you carry on, even though you shouldn't. Um, I went down that Google search rabbit hole uh, waiting in the waiting room and found a few photos of YB and even a Facebook profile of his daughter, who was likely my half-sister. And when I saw a photo on her Facebook page, it took my breath away. Her one daughter looked so similar to me when I was in high school, um, in appearance-wise. Um, it, it then started to become more real, but I still did not know how to deal with this. Um, I'm looking at my phone and I'm glancing up at other people in the waiting room, trying to act cool, trying not to freak out or, or just break down. Um, so over the next couple of hours between my husband and my sister, they helped me decide how to contact my mom and contact my mom before my dad um, to find out what was going on. So we had to wait until after she dropped off the kids at home because you know, she's still out at the trampoline park and then sending me videos and updates too. that I have to reply with the most natural replies. So when she brought them home, I couldn't even face her. I pretended to be busy in the other room with something. And after she left, I decided I would text her in a few hours, like after dinner, and ask if... I could come over to talk about the identity of my biological father. And that's basically how I, I typed it in my text. Um, and instantly she was replying, you see those three dots and, you know, my heart kind of sinks. Um, and she replies, sure, of course. And I, I don't know what I really expected her to text back, but I certainly didn't expect her to be so casual in her response. And that just really confused me even more. Um, so when my husband and I arrived at my mom's house, um, my sister was already there and I had asked if she could join. I suspect they may have already talked. Um, so I didn't even have to tell my mom who Ancestry DNA matched me to. She already knew. Um, she hugged me um, upon entering the house, saying she was so sorry um, and she and she did appear sorry. Um, I asked if my dad was there, and she said no. And I asked if he knew, um, to which she also said no. And that's when my heart just sank for my dad. 
So I, I knew then that this wasn't going to be good news, um, that this would be a shock to him too. Um, so over the next hour or two, my mom tried to recount um, what had happened and and answer my questions. Um, now, I'm not a trained interrogator, but those skills would have been really helpful. Um, she told me that um, it was a happy hour after work that went too far and that they had both decided to never do that again and, and they returned to their spouses. My mom claimed that she had never um, given it a thought when she got pregnant, thinking for sure that it was her husband's child and um, not this other man. Um, but she also said she never wanted this to come out, um, that she was planning to take this to her grave. Um, she said, though, that if if I had ever had any health um, concerns, that she would have told me the truth. And I was in such shock during that meeting. Um, many details um, are a blur now. Uh, but if I had been more quick on my feet, like a trained interrogator, I would have asked her about all the little inconsistencies in her stories. Because um, over the next several hours and days, um, details started popping up that contradicted what she had told me that day. Um, and it just began to infuriate me. Um, it was clear that she wasn't telling me the whole truth. Um, and I was completely betrayed by the person I thought I could trust the most, my mother. So I now learned um, that she knew what I was going to find out at Christmas, um, that I was going to find out this soul-crushing truth, and she did nothing to soften the blow to me. I found out that she had actually met my biological father for coffee after Christmas that that year to let him know that we were all doing ancestry DNA. Mm. So she met with him to tell him that this was coming out, but somehow never thought that she should be sitting down with me too. And that's what really hurts the most. Um, so I, I liken it to that. It was like a freight train on a path headed for certain collision with me. And she pushed my biological father out of the way and let me feel the full impact of the train's crushing blow. It's like she stood there and watched. So not only did I find this out on my phone, but I was also alone. Um, you know, what loving mother does this to her child? I was just so confused and hurt and just couldn't make any sense of it. Um, so what my life has been like since this day I found out, and I, I put it into three words, a roller coaster, um, just like roller coasters, they're full of twists, turns and scary moments, um, deep fears, uh, thoughts like wondering if you can make it out alive kind of fears, um, with a mix of exciting, thrilling, and happy moments too. Um, so it's the it's the kind of roller coaster that just keeps going. Though um, I'm thinking I'll never really be able to exit this roller coaster. 
that I just need to brace myself for the unknowns that lay ahead of me. So as I mentioned earlier, the the hours and days that followed February 18th, um, I began peppering my mom with clarifying questions since her story wasn't adding up to me. And she started getting upset, you know, saying that she was struggling too, and I'm sure she was. Um, but she had 43 years to prepare for this. And, um, you know, time was up. Uh, I deserve the truth, um, no matter how ugly. And so this DNA truth really just decimated my identity. And it made me question every truth I thought I knew. Um, and I think this is when the depression started, I believe, and it really scared me. I started feeling like my existence was a mistake and and that I was just a pack of trouble for both of these families, the family I was raised with and the family um, that is about to receive this major shock. Um, I felt abandoned by God. Um, I felt worthless and completely brokenhearted. I had a hard time looking in the mirror. I felt physically ill at the thought of someone else's DNA running through my body instead of my beloved dad's. You know, my dad who walked me down the aisle. So I, I knew I needed to see a therapist. Um, but I honestly could not find anyone who specializes in DNA shocks like this. I actually tried. Um, I stopped leaving those voicemails because uh, people weren't calling back because they didn't have anyone to recommend. So I, I did finally find a family counselor who was taking new clients. He didn't specialize in any of this, but um, he was a great listener and he was exactly what I needed at the time. Um, I also started to reach out to some close family um close friends first, and then um, some family who were really helpful listening and offering support and encouragement. Um, I still knew at this point nothing of what an NPE was or that there were tons of great resources available out there for us. I think it took a few months, but slowly articles that my husband or friends had shared with me um, led me to search up some DNA Facebook groups. Um, and I found my way to podcasts like yours and um, Danny Shapiro's book called Inheritance. Um, and ultimately the online publication by BK Jackson called Severance Magazine. So all these resources started educating me on what I was experiencing and it was validating my feelings um, and giving me hope that good can come from this new truth in my life, um, that God really didn't abandon me after all. And as our pastor had pointed out, God actually specializes in making something beautiful from sin, and, and that gave me hope. So I did eventually reach out to my biological father. Um, I did feel like I needed to ask my dad permission. Although I think if he had said no, I, I would have proceeded anyway. Um, so I did reach out about a week and a half after opening my ancestry results. And I spoke to him on the phone about two weeks later. Um, 
hearing his voice was mesmerizing. Now, he was a family um, family friend from years back, um, and I have memories of him. Uh, but at the time, I can't say I felt a connection to him then, um, but why did I have such a memory of his voice now all these years later? Um, it was just overwhelming um, and yet grounding at the same time. Like all the turmoil um, I was feeling in those first three weeks, uh, the pain, the, 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 the sleepless nights, the, the stomach aches, they started to ease up after talking with him. Um, his wife was also on the phone call and was such a caring and welcoming person. And she didn't have to be. Hmm. So she was married to him at the time of my conception, and they had four kids together. Um, but she was able to put all that aside. And she helped her husband navigate this probably uncomfortable phone call with his newly discovered daughter, uh, he shouldn't have fathered. And I will be forever grateful to her for that just level of human decency. Um, so she was likely struggling in her own way, you know, finding out that after 50 some years of her marriage that her husband had been unfaithful, even if it was just once. So they had invited me and my husband, um, you know, a week or two later to their house. And that was just before the COVID shutdown um, had started. I was so nervous, but excited. And the drive over, I was just shaking. Um, but it was, it was emotional um, to look into the eyes of my biological father, um, to walk around his house and see so many beautiful family photos of people that I could find a slight resemblance. Again, like overwhelming yet grounding, um, scary yet encouraging. Um, we just missed out on so much, um, but we can get to know each other now. And so after that um, first phone call with my, bio, my biological father and his wife, who I call my bonus mom, um, I started receiving texts from three of my four new half-siblings um, who are all older than me. Um, they were all so kind, and they shared amazing family photos um, that I just treasured. Um, I also found out important health information that I needed to update my doctors on. Um, I met them in person, too, a couple months later, um, outside due to COVID, um, and I was so nervous also, but also excited. Um, it went really well. Um, my siblings and I have so much in common. It's just incredible. Um, my one sister and I even drove the, drove the same car, um, mm -hmm. pulled up right next to each other, different colors, but <laughs> the same car. Um, and we were dressed similarly that, that day too. Um, just so funny. Um, <laughs> You know, in that parking lot, uh, we sat with our fold-out fold chairs. Uh, we laughed and we talked for about two hours, um, catching up and sharing stories. Um, they're just really nice people. And over the next few months, I met their spouses and they met mine. And then we got all the kids together to meet everyone. Um, so I gained four new siblings and nine new nieces and nephews. 
Um, but COVID definitely affected us getting together and, um, you know, we didn't get together as, as we would have liked to, and it just took longer, but, you know, we didn't have much of a choice. Um, but it's been over two years since I found out about my NPE, and I am currently estranged from my mom and two brothers I was raised with. Mm-hmm. Our relationship over these two years has just deteriorated, uh, partly due to her letting my family believe that she was a victim. Mm-hmm. It's become unhealthy to the point that they've been intentionally hurtful. It's caused us to do things we never considered um, before or even in the beginning, Um, like we put in a home security system and we'll occasionally walk our children to the bus stop um, and back. Um, My relationship with my dad, uh, my birth certificate father, Um, And my sister that I was raised with is strained, um, and we hardly talk anymore. I feel like my mom loved this fictional version of me that she created. And so when this truth was revealed, it, it all fell apart for her, I think. It just seems to me that it was either her lie or my truth, um, like her Love is dependent upon me going along with her fictional version of me. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like I just couldn't exist in her world and live my truth. So I feel like she drew these battle lines in our family that just positioned me on the outside. And I just can't battle her or anyone else anymore. Um, shame of all of this must weigh heavy on her. And I wish I could release her of that. Because I don't shame her for stepping out on her marriage to create me. Um, I'm surprised by it, of course. Um, But I've forgiven her. Um, It was was 46 years ago. uh, Alcohol was involved. I mean, anything could happen. um, But I I think she just hasn't forgiven herself. um, And maybe that's why I've always felt um, this feeling of an outsider in our family. You know, could she resent me um, and everything I represented? You know, how I came to be? Um, it's possible. But I'm choosing to move forward in my life with just a renewed commitment to, to being the wife and mom my husband and kids deserve. You know, they are my world. But I am also looking forward to getting to know my bio family even better. Um, as we all live very close to each other. And I'm not sure, maybe things can be repaired with my mom and the rest of the family I was raised with, but it would take time, a long time. So I, I came across this quote from, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right. Is it is it Brenny Brown? Oh, Brene. Brene Brown. Okay. Yep. Um, So this one um, I really identified with, um, and it's kind of my purpose for reaching out and taking this first leap of faith and telling my story. So her quote is, uh, one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through, and it will become um, someone else's survival guide. Mm. So that really, uh, that, that, hit me how important that is. And 
So Lily, I just wanted to thank you um, for the difference that you're making in the lives of your listeners. Um, those of you or those that listened yesterday, um, like me and so many others, those that are listening today and those that you will find tomorrow. Lauren, thank you so much for sharing your story today. For privacy reasons, I won't give out any contact details um, for you, but just know that everyone that is listening is nodding along and getting so much of, out of what you are sharing today. So thank you so much for speaking with me today. Yeah, Thank you, Lily. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us. <laughs>